0: Humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him and were enlightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him, and delivereth them. O taste and see. That the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's pray, okay? Father, thank you for giving us safety, getting in last night in the groups this morning. I pray that you keep those others safe on the road, and those, especially those here in the community that don't have power right now. Would you help us this morning to grow? And I pray that your word would answer questions, would meet needs, would challenge every single one of us to be, to do, and to know you better. And Lord, would you help me communicate your truth, and with this truth this morning and even this afternoon, challenge, convict, and encourage in Jesus' name, Amen. Now I need some help here. I'm going to move this out of the way. I need some help here, Breck. Can you, Mister Breck? Do they, what do they call you, Mister White? Mister Weideman. Mr. Weideman? <laughs> that sounds really, Mister Weideman. Could you come, please? That's your dad. Yeah. Okay, and then the seniors. Zach and Spencer, can you guys can help me? You can stand up here? Oh. <laughs> you're like, I, I wish I had a camera to when I ask you. You're like, uh. <laughs> now we've never met before, right? No. No. Breck and I, Mr. Weideman, goes. Uh, we go back to was that 18? Yeah. 18. Okay, in 18, 2018, we went to the Philippines. I took him. Well, you went with me to the Philippines, kind of. Yeah. Um, went with me to the Philippines on a basketball mission trip. I still take those. And it was a lot, was it fun? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It was a great time. I'm going back here in a couple weeks. It was 90 degrees there yesterday. It's tough, you know, tough. And the missionary's like, hey, it's really high here. It's 90 with a breeze. I'm like, I'll take it. Okay, and Spencer, right? Okay, two seniors and I don't know. We're still figuring out, right? Okay, he's a baby of his family. Yes, I know all his siblings. No, I don't know your one sister, was Whit- sister. no, uh, Washington, Washington yeah. is that which one, Whitney. Whitney, I haven't met Whitney, so I've met most of his siblings and his parents, wonderful folks, now have you guys ever had chicky, no. ever had cremas, nope. okay, we're going to watch them today partake of something they've never had before, we're going to start with the cremas first, okay, take one. You get the choice between white and dark. You get a white one. You get a choice between white and dark. Okay. So you've never had these. You've never tried these. You've never seen these, have you? Okay. Go ahead and taste them. So, Obviously, it's a cookie. It's a little dry. What's the overall impression? Pretty good. It's an Oreo. Pretty good. It's, or- it's an Oreo. Yeah, it's it's kind of an Oreo, and you can kind of see it. kind of looks like an Oreo. I was in El Salvador a few weeks ago and picked these up. So they came from El Salvador. I don't know if they're packaged there. My eyes can't read that lettering this early in the morning. I don't know if anybody can. Okay. Second, we have Chicky. Would you buy this if this was on the shelf? Some of you would. Would, would you buy this if this was on the shelf? Yeah. No? How many of you are picky eaters? How many of you do not like experimenting? Okay. Several of you, and especially girls, raise their hand, too. Hmm. Okay. So we're going to try some chicky. Are you nervous? No. I think it would be good. You think so? Do you trust me? Yeah. Did you try balut in Philippines? <laughs> you did, I'll tell you what blue did in a second after we put this down. Okay, you get a chicky. There's a, that's kind of frozen. Oh, shoot. So let me break them apart. There we go. Here we go. Pardon my fingers. I can just take the whole thing. You can take the whole thing. Here. Here we go. Okay. Now, if you show them what it looks like, show them the back side. Have you ever seen chicky before? No. no. OK, go ahead, try it. What's your It's okay. You like it? Yeah. What's the chocolate inside? We don't know. We don't ask questions. <laughs> it's chicky. <laughs> uh, and that may actually be part of does anybody know Spanish? You know Spanish? It Was Chicky something? No. no? Okay. I don't know. I'm sure it means something in their culture. You like them? You can have those. Thank you. You guys can give a round of applause to our illustrious volunteers. I did not ask you guys to eat balut. Now, have any of you ever heard what a balut is? Okay. Two, three, four of you. My kids have because they've heard me talk about it. In the Philippines, where I've been 10 times, they have balut. It's either duck egg or a quail egg. And what they do about eight days gestation uh, after incubation, they, they take the egg and they put it into a pickling solution, a brine solution. And so it's this fully developed duck or quail that's been pickled. And so you pull it off, you pull off the shell, and they wait like till I think it's 31, 32 days. And then they pull off the shell and they put a little bit salt on it and you eat the pickled duck. And then you, well, you first drink the juice so you don't get it all over you. And then you eat the pickled duck. Is that grossing you out? Yeah? Yeah? Why? Why? You've never tried it before. It it is is a delicacy. But I'll be honest, half the Philippines, it sounds disgusting to a Western South Dakota because we like our meat cooked, right? Not pickled, typically. But to certain parts of the world, it's not. Now, look with me in Psalm 34. That, was, that served a purpose, not just to get to know. Did you like those? Which one did you prefer, the cremas? Or you didn't like the, the whatever they're called, the chicky. I mean, I didn't like, it's not that I didn't, I mean, it didn't, they weren't, fucking pumped down. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. It's not that I didn't like them. I thought they were okay. They weren't, like, bad. But, like, I probably yeah. took the cremas over. You take the cremas? Yeah, the cremas. You do the cremas? Well, here, I'll give you a crema. There's one crema left. I'll give it to you. You can have it. That's basically an Oreo, right? So, look again at Psalm 34, 8 with me. And I want you to get just a simple truth this morning. Look what it says here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, obviously, we all, a lot of our stomachs get a little bit turned when I start describing balut, right? Some of you are like, I want to try it. How many of you actually want to try balut? Okay, just two of you. And no wonder they're the youngest boys that are here. Hmm, wonder how that works. How many of you saw the cookies and were like, gross? Few of you were. Why is that? Is it because of the packaging? If it was in an Oreo package, would you have thought differently about it? You don't like Oreos? What do you like? Food? Food? Well, that is kind of Oreos, isn't it? But sometimes we don't like things because we don't try them. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm not going to like that. I am not going to like this. And then you tried it, and you're like, ooh, this is good. Have you ever, or how many of you, some of you, some of you are like this. You're like, I'm not going to like it, I'm not going to try it, and I, I know I'm not going to like it, so I'm not going to try it. Some of you have done that, right? But how many of you actually tried something after you thought to yourself, I'm not going to like this, I'm not going to prefer this, I'm not going to prefer this, and then you really enjoyed it? Yeah, I've done that many times. I've been overseas, and I, one of the things I've learned overseas I've been to 21 countries now. One of the things I've learned overseas is that when food is set in front of you, you ask questions about it, but you try it. And there's been things I've put in my mouth that have almost come back up <laughs> several times. But I've learned when I just try something, mmm, that's good. Can I have another one? I have to ask you a translator or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. But I've learned you've got to get close to something first. Sometimes I've seen stuff that is absolutely looks disgusting. Balut is disgusting. I've tried it, but it is disgusting in some ways. It's, it's one of those things that just, the thought of it, the smell of it, the whole things You taste it, it's actually not as bad as it smells and looks. But it's just one of those things that like, ugh. But in order to try something, you've got to ta- you get close to it, right? If you look at something across the room and it's just like, mm, no, no, thank you, you're not going to get close to it. But in order to taste it, in order to taste those cookies, you had to get close to them, didn't you? You got pretty close to them now, right? You ingested them. You had faith, even though you haven't met me before, you had faith that I wouldn't feed you something that would be bad for you, right? Right? You don't know me, do you? Never met me? No clue about me? You know that I know Mr. Weideman there. I, that may be good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that helps me or not. But you didn't know me before we walked in this morning, and I missed up your names already when you guys were walking in. But you didn't know me before this morning, yet you still, were, you still were willing to try something. Now, look what the Bible says here, again, in verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. In order to taste something, you've got to get close to it. And again, I don't know everybody here. I don't know your backstories. Uh, how many of you are uh, public school? That's where you go to school. How many of you are Christian school? Okay, you guys go to the same Christian school? Uh, no. no, so different Christian schools. How many of you are homeschooled? Okay, so it's almost evenly split here between public Christian homeschool. So I don't know that much about a lot of you. Some of you I do, three of you do because you're my kids. But I don't know that much about a lot of you. But I guarantee you that this morning, there's some of you, you walked in today and you're wondering, can I trust God? Some of you got plans You've got dreams, you've got goals, you've got ambitions. You've got things that you're thinking about, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I think is going to make me happy in life. This is what I think is going to really, this is what I think I'm going to be best at. And I know that this career, this pathway, this, this relationship, I think this is what's going to make me most happy. And I think this is what I'm going to do. And you're thinking to yourself that, I don't know. If I can trust God, I don't know if I, I don't know. And as a result, some of you, and I don't know who, because you walked in and you're, you're all here and you're all playing the games because it's fun. And you're watching this weird guy feed people weird things you've never seen before. But some of you, perhaps in your heart and your mind, you're thinking, I don't know if I can trust God. I, I don't know if I want to trust him. And you would never say that out loud because, after all, we're sitting inside a church. It's a Saturday morning, and many of you I know will be at church tomorrow morning, your own church. I'm going to be here, and then we're here through Wednesday night. But you would never say that out loud, but perhaps some of you have thought that. Perhaps some of you have gotten your social media accounts and you've watched videos of these so-called smart people who are brilliant in some respects, but they, they blast God out of the Bible. The, they blast God away and they say, oh no, whoever believes in this is an idiot. And now you're starting to think and wonder, can, can, I, can I trust God? Can I even believe God? And granted, some of you can't do anything about it right now because you're under your parents' roof and so you kind of have to go by their authority structure. You have to do what they tell you to do. And some of you perhaps even have a drug problem like I did as a kid. You get drugged to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's a joke. Some of you are a little late to smile there. Thanks for the courtesy smile. I appreciate that. Thanks. But I want to show you from this psalm, and from a few other places as well in the psalms, that God is incredibly good. And if you and I will just get to know him, if we will put aside our... I don't know if I want to try that. That looks kind of weird. That's not mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, so I'm not going to try it. (laughs) If we'll put aside that, you know what? We'll find that there's a God in heaven who offers us far better than chickies and cremas. He offers you and I incredible truth for an incredible life. And at this age right now, even down to fourth grade, but especially in senior high, you're making decisions, you're establishing a worldview, you're establishing a thought process about God that will affect and shape the rest of your life. So that's why this is so very important. Can I trust God with my heart? Can I trust God with my, with my life? Can I trust God with, with his, is God good? That's a big question. So let's look at what the Bible says here. We're in Psalm 34, but look what he says here. We read verse four already, but look what it says. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now, I know I'm talking to some big, strong, tall guys who are, don't, we don't have fears, we got, but I'll be honest. And if you're honest, you, you'll have to admit, we all have fears. Do you know the fastest, or I shouldn't say the fastest, but the largest age group of people who are committing suicide in the US? 18 to 22 year olds. Men and women who have their entire life to live ahead, and yet who let their fears of whatever the capacity it is, or guilt, or whatever, overcome them. And I know sometimes we think of the look at these 18, 19-year-old guys who are big, and can't even get a bag over their head, that type of thing, and they, they got life handled. But honestly, we all have fears. All of us do. Fear of rejection. Fear of not fitting in. Remember back, some of you don't have to remember because you're there right now. Remember back to junior high for those of you in senior high? Remember how insecure you were? And you know, everything's just awkward and you know, you got to say things to fit in, make people laugh. And I think that's from when I was growing up, it's a little bit different now. But we all have fears. How many of you want to be delivered from your fear? I do. Yeah. So what's the answer? Look again with verse four I sought the Lord that close relationship with God doesn't deliver us from problems. I'm seeking God and he's going to take me out of all my tests in school. No. He's going to take me out of all my problems. He's going to make it 55 degrees tomorrow. No. But he's going to take your fears away. And that's the incredible thing that Jesus said, I leave peace with you. What, does the world have anything like that? Can you get your fears taken away from TikTok? No. Not at all. Look what else it says there. Look down at verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I have needed God's protection. He's delivered me from fears, but there's been many times I've needed God's protection. There's been several times I've been overseas in the past several years where I have thought to myself, this is it. Traffic, uh, hostile situations, whatever the cases." I've thought not in the Philippines, uh, but there 's been several times where I thought to myself, "This could be bad this This could be a little bit challenging the next year after you went we went to Vietnam as well, and there were some interesting aspects about that trip there 's been several times riding in a vehicle in Africa where I thought to myself, I was in an open truck, big glory there 's like thirty or forty of us standing in the back of this open truck and just riding along forty fifty sixty miles per hour down the highway and all of a sudden. We go to pass, and there's this truck that crests the hill. Another big semi-truck. And I'm thinking to myself, this is it. This is it. And yet, at the same time, look what it says there. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I have seen God's protection in my life. I've seen God guide and protect and, and do amazing things over and over again. Does the world, answer out loud, does the world have anything like that? Can your social media influencers that you follow, can they match that? Not at all. Look what else the Bible says. Look down with me in verses 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Now, that no want doesn't mean that, I want a Ferrari. Is that what you want? How many of you have a dream sports car you want? What is it? Just shout it out. 63 Stingray. You had a Corvette as well. What year? The ZR1. It's a little bit newer than the '63 Stingray. Not quite as classic though. What else? Super B. Super B. You raise your hand. What do you want? How many want a truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truck. I like trucks. But you know, sometimes you think, well, if I follow God, He's going to give me everything I want. And that "want" word there is not talking about what we desire. Yeah, I would love a vet or a Mustang, or even a Camaro zl one or something. But I don't really need that. But look what it says there. Verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. God provides for all your needs when you walk with him. It may not be, you may be praying, God, I want a Corvette. And he gives you a Camry. <laughs> what has happened in my life a couple of times. <laughs> God, I want a Camaro. And he still gives you the Camry. Amen. But... I have seen God do this over and over again. He provides for all your needs. Okay, right. You follow him. You walk with him. You trust him. You sacrificially give. Philippians chapter 4 talks about this. Paul said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Now, what is that? How does he supply all your need? And the context there, if you back up, the Philippian Christians were giving to missions. They were following Christ. They were giving to, about the gospel. And God provides all our needs Doesn't always provide all my wants. Yeah, it'd be cool to have an airplane and a sports car and a big million dollar. No, but I don't need that stuff. It's all going to burn anyway. But God provides all my wants. Look again what it says in verse 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there's no want. There's no lack, we could say, to them that fear him. The young lions do lack. They, you know, the, 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 the wild animals, sometimes they struggle to find food. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You follow God. You trust him. He says, hey, I'll take care of your needs. So let's add up what we got here. Verse number four, we have that he delivers us from fear. Verse number seven, he protects us. Verse numbers nine and 10, he provides for us. This is sounding like a pretty good deal, isn't it? This is sounding pretty enticing already. But keep looking. Look what it says in verse number 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. And look at verse number 18. The Lord is nigh. What does nigh mean in I-G-H? We don't use that word much. Close, near, yeah. The Lord is near. The Lord is close unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. So notice what verse 15 says. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The Lord has bent his ears, he says. I know obviously God hears all, he is all, Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord in every place beholding the evil and the good. I get that. But God says that I am close to those who have a broken heart, those who are humble, those who are contrite, those who are broken. He's close to those people, and his ear is... His, uh, uh, look what, again what it says. His ears are open unto their cry. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh. He's close unto them. They're of a broken heart. And save us such as be of a contrite spirit. So the Lord says, not only will I provide for you, I'll deliver you from fears. I'll provide for you. I'll protect you, but I'll be close to you. Now, I'm not a mushy, gushy type guy. I'm not emotionally hung. I'm not this, but I'll tell you one thing I've learned. Every single one of us wants somebody close to us, don't we? I don't know. I'm a guy. I don't, I don't. <laughs> No, we all want somebody that gets us. We all want a friend. And when people say things, it hurts, right? How many of you can remember some, something that was said a couple of years ago to you or about you? How many can still remember that? Maybe by someone in position of authority, maybe perhaps by a parental figure. All of us can. You can still remember the pain, the hurt, the, oh. And they may not have even meant it, and hopefully they didn't. I know perhaps there's some, some situations in this room that perhaps it was. But we all want that closest. We want to we be loved. We want to belong. We want to have a sense of identity. Have you ever wondered why it is that men and women dress up and act like idiots, 100,000 strong, in a football stadium, in a soccer stadium, and, and, uh, and they, they do it in the freezing cold? Have you ever wondered that? Why? Because it's a sense of identity. It's a sense of purpose. It's a sense that I belong here. I am a fan of college football. Well, I used to be with NIL transfer portal. I don't know if I am too much anymore. But I am a fan of college football. I knew college football. Well, you guys just won the was it the FCS or D three or Jackrabbits won something or something? what what is that FCS D three or something like that? It's, it's big for South Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, is, that the, is that the school in Yankton? Brookings. In Brookings, okay. That's the school in Brookings, okay. Because the school in Yankton is South Dakota U or University of South Dakota or something? Something like that? Yeah. University. USD, University of South... It's Vermilion. is Vermillion, that's right, Vermillion. Yeah, you can tell I'm not up on my college sports from South Dakota. But why do people, you know, don the gear, paint their faces, go crazy, act like idiots... And then some of, them, some of the very same people the next Monday are back in a coat and tie in the office. Why do they do that? Have you ever wondered that? It's because of identity. They want to belong to something. Have you ever seen how that when you get a group of men together, young men especially, you can, they do dumb things. Not these men here. But you get a group of young men together. And they do dumb things. You know the biggest group of people to die in national parks? The biggest age group of people to die in national parks? Can you guess which age group? 22 to 26. It makes sense. You look at the statistics every year from the Grand Canyon uh, where hundreds of people die because, hey, I can get there. I can reach that ledge. I can I can. It's, it'll be safe out there. And they're always in a group of people together because you want identity. I remember back to my high school years, and what I did, because I wanted people to like me, I wanted people to feel close, I jumped in the water, murky water, after an alligator. Now, don't worry, the gator was only probably three, four feet long. It wasn't a big one. But I did things, now I'm thinking to myself, why did I do that? I was renting a canoe. Uh, you ever rent a canoe? You know what a canoe is? Okay. Yeah? Do you have water here in South Dakota? some okay yeah yeah oh head slap yeah I, I i'm i'm joking I know you do so i rented a canoe years ago and one of the things i chuckled about was the the rules for the canoe rental place you the rule number 1 basically the only rule they had you may not do anything that begins with hey watch this and i was like yes i'm going to get that. that was a good rule and what usually happens no offense to the young men that are seated here this morning, what usually happens, sane, normally thinking young men get together in a group and they do what? Dumb things. My, my parents had a rule growing up. You may not have any of your guy friends drive with you or ride with you. And I was wondering, why is that? Now I know why that rule was. You know, you could take a mixed group. You could take your siblings you can't take four 16-year-old guys or 17-year-old guys in the same vehicle. I was like, what, what, uh, what? Now I know why. Because, you know, guys are like, hey, watch this. And dumb things happen. Why is that? Because deep within, every single one of us want a sense of purpose. We want to belong. And when our team wins, we rejoice. When our team loses, we all oh, yeah, man, man. oh, man, Did you? that was a bad call. We got jet. <laughs> that's always what happens. Because we want that sense of belonging. We want that sense of purpose. And I've seen young men who are searching and seeking for, perhaps they come from a rougher situation. They don't have a father in their life that's speaking well to them at all. I've seen young ladies who don't have a father figure in their life. I've seen them do the exact same thing where they try to seek that. They try to find something. They find a, try, and f- try to find someone, and they give their body and heart away to somebody who doesn't even care about them. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen young men. Why, have you ever wondered why guys join gangs? I don't know if there's too many gangs in Custer or Rapid. I'm sure there is some stuff in Rapid, and perhaps even in Custer now too, but why do guys do that? And In the initiation, I, I, don't know, I don't know the gang scene in Rapid. But the initiations can sometimes be absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. And what they're required to do and even pay sometimes to join these clubs and societies and gangs. Why? Because deep within, we want a sense of belonging. We want a sense of, I fit in here. This is my people. Now, look at your Bible again and look at this and think about this. Verse number 18. The Lord is nigh unto them. The Lord is close unto them. That are of a broken heart. And go back to verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and he hears the, and his ears are open unto their cry. Hey, what you're seeking for can only be found in Jesus. The, what you're seeking for, and you may not know this. You may have walked in today, I'm not seeking for anything. You are. We all are. And all humanity is. And you can find it. You can know, well, I, I'm going to feel accomplished if I get a scholarship to XYZ University. I'm going to feel accomplished if I can get a relationship with a good-looking guy or a good-looking guy. I'll feel accomplished if I can make certain amount of money. This, if I can get a job one day and I can make this much money, like six figures or maybe even seven figures, I'll feel accomplished in. And I will tell you, you may do that one day. You may be successful in the world's eyes. You may achieve something. But in the end, you're still going to feel empty because we were made for a relationship. We were made to know somebody. We were made to know God. Have you ever bought something thinking this is going to be the greatest thing ever? And then you get at home and you're like, oh, that's not all that. You ever, you ever got the newer phone, the iPhone 3G, at 4X, 15, 3C Pro, GL5, XYZ? Home eternally type phone. And you get, you get that phone, and then what happens two weeks later? Yeah, new, new model comes out. And then you drop it. And then it's not it's not what it was. Whatever you and I live for here in this world is going to perish. But if we look and see and we taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Again, I don't know many of you, and some of you right now may be thinking, I wish I didn't know you either. <laughs> but I do know this. What you're seeking for can only be found in Jesus. Brent. And you're like, Brent, I don't know. I'm seeking. You are seeking. And what you're seeking for can only be found in him. You're here in Psalm 34. Let me show you a couple verses real quick. Look at back with me at Psalm 16. And look at the last verse in that Psalm. Psalm 1611. And if you don't have a Bible, if your friend next to you doesn't have a Bible, share your Bible with them. Look what it says here. This is maybe one of my life verses if you have a life verse. Psalm sixteen eleven, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. God shows us the path of life. He shows us, he's got a plan for us. He says in, verse, in the second part of the verse, at thy right hand, there are, uh, no, in thy presence is fullness of joy. When we walk with God, there's purpose. Purpose that the world cannot give. The world can't take it away. It doesn't depend upon your sports team winning or losing. It doesn't depend upon your academic success. It doesn't depend upon if you get a scholarship. It doesn't depend upon if you've got a great relationship or not. It doesn't depend upon even your home life. You can have absolute purpose with God. And then there's pleasure. Look again at verse 16. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now, sometimes we think about church about youth group, about Christianity, and we don't think about pleasure, do we? Pleasure, oh, that's, that's getting to watch the movie. That's getting to hang out with friends. That's getting to watch, do this. That's fleeting. It's not going to last forever. It's temporary. But you walk with God, you trust Him, there's pleasure forevermore. Now, go with me one final verse, Psalm 84 11. I want to ask you a question: Is the Bible true? Is the Bible true? Okay, some of you are nodding your head. Some of you: Is the Bible true? Yes. yes. Okay. So is what we're about to read true? Yes. Okay. So the Bible's true. What we're about to read is true because it's the Bible. Don't answer this question, but let's read this verse. I'm gonna. I got a question for you just yet. Don't answer out loud. But look what it says in Psalm 84, 11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. That last part of the verse, you walk with God, what does he give you? Good things. You walk with God, you trust him. What does he give you? What does he give you? Good things, and he doesn't withhold anything from you. We sometimes have the wrong idea about God. that He's a, oh, he's a cosmic killjoy. He's waiting us for us to step up. Oh, you, you watched that. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm going to get you. You did that. You thought that. Ha <laughs> ha. No, that's not our God at all. He wants you and I to get close to him and say, hey, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to love you like nobody else ever has or can. That's incredible. No good thing will he withhold from them but walk uprightly. So here's the question I want to ask, and I don't want you to answer out loud. Do you believe that God is good? Well, of course he is. We sing, God is so good, he's so good to me. Time out. That's church speaking. You sing it because everyone else says. But really... Down deep, when no one else is looking, no one else is watching, do you believe that God is good? How you answer that will determine the rest of your life. It's an important question. Hey, taste and see. The Lord is good. Come on, try it. And some of you, perhaps this morning, are on the fence I'm not gonna try that. I've never tasted that before. That's just like. Do any of you have a meal that your mom makes you eat that you just don't like? Okay, what is it? Just shout it out. Goulash. Goulash. Anything what? Anything with a pepper. (laughs) Oatmeal. Potato salad. Anything with le- lettuce? Okay. What? Buffalo sauce, Buffalo sauce noodles. Some of those things, I, I'm with you guys. I'm with you. Some of those, I kind of like those. But, you know, sometimes that's the way we look at God. I'm not going to try that. No, uh uh-uh. I can live my own life. <laughs> Go to church, and you can't do this. You've got to wear this. You can't do this. You can't live that way. And you can't, can't have any fun. We're looking at it all wrong. We're looking at it all wrong. Taste and see. Hey, hey, come on. Taste it. In order to taste it, you got to get close to it. you got to start experiencing it. And some of you right now are resistant. You're, you're kind of uh, not out loud, not, not obviously folding your arms. But I've seen this before. I've seen this in teenagers. I get to speak to a lot of teenagers. I was doing it last week twice, and I enjoy this. Hopefully you enjoy listening. Or at least you put up with it. But I see a lot of teenagers who do the slide. They just kind of like, just kind of lock their arms. It's time for preaching. They just kind of scowl at me. Yeah, like that. Just kidding. But but they, they just kind of scowl at me. They just kind of impress me. Tell me a funny story. And I think to myself, you're missing it. Because you're the one that's, that's, that's missing out and you're believing a lie that you can do better than God can for your life and yet you study the Bible and you get to know God in the Bible and he is a wonderful, loving, yes, holy and just God but he has made every provision for us to spend eternity with him forever through Jesus Christ. Right. If I was God, I wouldn't care about any of you. Thank, aren't you thankful I'm not God? Yeah. I would do what I want to do. But the gracious, wonderful love of our God said I love you. And I want you to know me, and I want you to experiment, experience me and understand that I am good. I want you to taste and see and know and love. And what I desire, what I've been praying for this group, and I didn't know who was going to be here and who wasn't, but I know that God has you guys here for a purpose. There's olders of you that are starting to make life decisions, and some of you are like, I need help. Can I trust God? You can And you can do exactly what God has for your life. And some of you are actually right now, you've you've got your internal harms folded. Mm -mm, I'm not trusting God. And your life is going to be miserable. And maybe perhaps, not maybe, very definitely, God has put me in your life for this morning to say, hey, where you're headed, what you're doing, what, what you're thinking, what you're viewing, your attitude is going to ruin your life, but it doesn't have to. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. May God help us not just to view God from a distance, not just to be, yo, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Christian, but to taste it, to see it, to experience it, and as 16, 17, 8 year olds, be able to testify that God is good, that He's provided, He's protected, He's guided, and He is. My friend, he meets my emotional needs more than anyone else, including a spouse, can do. That's how good our God is. I'd like to pray for you, and I don't want to embarrass you, so I'm going to ask you guys, if you could, just to close your eyes as we finish. How many I say, Brent, I have trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm going to heaven because Christ has paid my sin debt. And I know it. Would you lift your hand to that? Amen. Many, many hands. Is there anybody here you're here would say, Brent, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've got questions. I don't know I'm going to heaven. I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you out. Of course, I don't know many of your names yet that I could call you out. I got questions. Would you lift your hand to that? I don't know I'm going to heaven. I'm not sure. Would there be anybody here that, I know this is a little bit perhaps even awkward, but I do want to pray for you, and I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. You'd be honest enough just to let me know, Brent, I've been struggling. Maybe you're struggling whether or not God is even real. I don't, I'm, I'm struggling with believing in God. Maybe you're saying, Brent, I'm struggling with trusting God. I don't, I don't know if I can trust. I'm struggling. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Would you just lift your hand quietly so I could pray for you? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. How many say it finally as we finish before I pray? Brent, this morning God used his word to challenge, to strengthen, to encourage, to refocus me. And I know what I'm missing. It's Jesus that I need. It's that relationship. And I want to taste and see. I want to know that the Lord is good personally personally. I don't want to be told it from the pulpit or just from my pastor or from friends. I want to see, I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you lift your hand to that? Amen. 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 Father, would you help those here today who are struggling, who are questioning, who are wondering, who are doubting? Would you show them the source of their doubt, whether it's the world, the flesh, or the devil, and would you help them get into the word of God? Would you give them opportunity to speak, perhaps, to the pastor or counselor, somebody who can help them? And for all of us, especially those who raise their hands and they want to personally taste that God is good, would you help them to find and to know and to do God's perfect will, but most importantly, to know God behind that will? Would you help us to know you, to love you, to not just fear you out of horror or to do what we have to do because we are thinking we're going to get struck down? Would you help us to have a biblical fear, a relationship that's based and respect and awe, but also in love because of how you have loved us. Would we know and understand your goodness, your ways toward us? And would you help us to fight the evil one's influence in our life and the lies that he gives us and that we are not loved, we are not cared for, we don't have a plan. Would you help us be biblical? In Jesus' name, amen.